Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Welcome to the Block Party edition, as we go in-depth with Bengals offensive line coach Jim Turner. If you have a question about the O-line, we have it covered. From the return of Jonah Williams to the addition of Xavier Suofilo to the status of Billy Price. We'll spend nearly 40 minutes with the former Marine talking about the guys up front. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Prime Sport, the official fan travel and hospitality partner of the Cincinnati Bengals. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since... La Torta Loca. If you live in the Cincinnati area and have been looking for tasty takeout during the pandemic, look no further than La Torta Loca in Florence, Kentucky. My friend Chad Brendel from Bearcats Journal turned me on to it, and the La Norteña Torta is currently my favorite sandwich in the Cincinnati area. It's steak, onions, avocado, lime, cilantro, and salsa verde on a crusty roll, and it's gigantic. The arepas are fantastic, too. And it's perfect for this edition of the podcast because offensive linemen would love the place. So check it out. La Torta Loca. The loose translation of that, by the way, is the crazy sandwich. Now, let's get to football. When I've asked you to submit questions for this podcast over the past few months, the number one topic tends to be the offensive line. Well, today, we're going to take a comprehensive look at that position group, and I brought in one of the Bengals' all-time best O-linemen to lead the discussion. We are excited to have offensive line coach Jim Turner on the Bengals Booth Podcast this week, and rather than having me ask the questions, I thought it would be fun and informative to leave those duties to an expert on offensive line play, my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. I might chime in at some point. We'll see. But, Lap, for now, the floor is yours. Appreciate it, Dan. And uh, that's high praise expert. I I don't know about that. (laughs) I'm, I'm no expert in offensive line play, but we're talking to one. That's for sure, Jim Turner. Bengals offensive line coach, and uh, thanks for joining us, Coach. Really appreciate it. Fired up to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, my, our pleasure. I guess the first thing is looking back to last season. One of the, I think, one of the best coaching jobs or coaching moves was the was the um, how you adapted and adjusted your running game. Right, halfway through the season, I know had that uh, game over in Europe. And on the trip over there, you kind of uh, Zach Turner said that he gave or Zach Taylor said he gave you gives you a lot of credit for resurrecting uh, a different approach to the running game. How did that evolve? What what was what was in your mind when you uh, when you went about that, Coach? Yeah, I mean he's just doing a great job deflecting. It was his decision to make the move, and uh, and that's what we did. Um, you know, I'm the I'm the line coach, so I'm responsible for designing the run game. Um, so initially we used his run game from the Rams right. and, you know, we we're trying to implement that same system, which is an excellent system. And, and so as we did, you know, I mean, all you got to do is watch this at the beginning of the season, you can see that we struggled. And then with that struggle comes the, the losses and then the confidence of the team and so on. And so you just get to a point where you just say, Hey, this is not working. Okay. And, and that being the case, you know, you got to make a change. So 
we just sat down, uh, myself and him and Brian, and uh, and we just thought, said, hey, we've got to uh, we got to switch it up. And so we just started to do more things where the line was going downhill, and we started to do a little bit more man stuff, a little bit more of the fold scheme, and uh, and then Joe started really beginning to feel that, and and we started to be able to run the ball better. So it's like anything, I guess. Um, you know, uh, if you're shooting a basketball a certain way and it's not going in the hole, then you need to change the way you're shooting the basketball. So it's real simple if you look at it from that standpoint. And so we just changed a couple things in there. Like I just said, we just changed the schemes a little bit, a little bit more man to fit our guys, a little bit more fold scheme. Um, of course, staying with the zone, but, uh, but just switching it up a little bit and trying to find a good. We actually ran power pretty well at the end of the year as well. So we got the fold to get the ball outside, ran power to get the ball inside a little bit, and then we continued with our zone stuff, and uh, and just continued to mature uh, that scheme with our with our players. You finished uh, sixth in the NFL in rushing in the second half of the season. I mean, a dynamic improvement, and Joe Burrow's numbers are crazy off play action passing. I mean, it's it's yeah. uh, it completes about three out of every four passes, and his touchdown to interception ratio is off the charts. With yeah. a guy like him at quarterback, do you envision the running game kind of picking up where it left off last year, finishing as, as highly as you did in the second half of the season? 100%. Um, you know, we need to build on this. I mean, uh, we're going to have a lot of the same players inside. You know, Bobby Hart will still be here, of course. Uh, uh, Trey Hopkins will be there. Mike Jordan will be there. You know, now you got uh, you got Alex Redney coming back. you got Xavier Suofilo coming in there as part of that guard mix. Um, and then you got Jonah coming back at tackle. Okay, so Jonah is really the only new player because Xavier played. Everybody played last year except for Jonah. He's really the only new player. Um, but I look at him like he's a first-round draft pick that got a chance to uh, go through minicamp for a year and a half. You right. Know? So uh, he obviously knows what's going on. He's a brilliant kid. Um, so having Joe fit in with a group of uh, experienced guys that we have, um, you know, even considering Mike to at least Mike Jordan have at least a year under his belt. Not that that's the most experienced, but he does have uh, a decent amount of starts under his belt. Um, and I feel great about him. The, the Joe's ability to move his feet in the pocket, I think, is really what will, what will make the change. Um, on third down, on third and five, on third and four, on third and six, you know, you, you can't you're not going to convert every one of those through the year. At some point, a quarterback has to take off and run. Um, and he can do that, obviously. Right. Um, a, B, just his, his mobility in the pocket. I mean, you know, Lap, from playing old line, you know, uh, it's about their statistics mean a lot to them. You know, they, they don't get the credit that everybody else gets for the success. Uh, but at the same time, in, inside their own head and to their peers, their amount of pressures, their amount of sacks. That means a lot to them. Yep. And when a quarterback gives up a cheap sack, you know, uh, or, or the scheme creates a sack, it really bothers those guys. My point is that Joe Burrow, if you watch his games at LSU last year, he really cleans up a lot of the little dirty stuff in there. You know, a guy makes a mistake. I mean, you know, I mean, you play 70 plays in a game as a lineman. Yep. You're going to make a couple of mistakes, you know. Um, so it's, it's so if each one of them makes two mistakes, right? That's ten plays. 
You know, so if a quarterback can cover you up and they're going to make more than two mistakes apiece, right? They're going to do something wrong at some point, a technique, whatever. And when you have a guy that can just make you right a lot of the time, then it really, it really makes a difference in their confidence, their confidence as an individual, the confidence as, as a unit, and so on. There's no doubt the uh, offensive line play. I mean, you live vicariously through the success of the skill guys and, and the stats. And your quarterback – you know, throws for 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns, only five interceptions. You feel good as an offensive line. So that, that's a big deal. I mean, that, that mindset, you don't want to be the guy. You don't want to be the guy that was the weak link that caused problems to your offense. That's, that's the, the whole, uh, the whole uh, core of being an offensive lineman, right? Yeah, and that's the challenge of last year. Like, I think what we all went through last year was uh, – something that not everybody goes through. You, know, you, you go through once in your career, twice in your career at tops. Um, so, you know, it was a crash course in just that, the mentality of a team and, and how it can be adjusted and how it can uh, be affected by every little piece that happens in that football game and in that football season. And so, you know, last year when, you, when you're at 0 and 10, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And uh, – you know, so when it comes to that whole mentality, just having him in there, like when we handed the ball to Joe last year, like Joe Mixon really, with the combination of the rest of our offense, really changed our mentality going into the second half of the season. And you could see that in, in uh, London when we were playing the Rams, we started to run the ball against a good defense. Mm -hmm. And we popped a couple of runs early in that game, and you could just see the momentum of that game. We had a shot to win that game. And we didn't get beat up by that team. And that was the first game that we really started to pound the ball a little bit. And we had a little bit of balance on offense. And so Joe Mixon really helped with that confidence, you know. So uh, that's all a big part of it. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing just how uh, the Joes fit together back there in the backfield with our offensive line. When, when you evaluate offensive linemen, when, you, when you're looking at Yep. Be, a, be a veteran veteran free agent or a college prospect that you're considering drafting or signing as a college free agent. What do you look for? What are the traits? What are the attributes that Jim Turner has to see in a potential prospect? You have to have the talent first. We can all say character and all of that, which is true. But if you don't have the talent, then forget it, right? So, uh, you know, I mean, I can I – can, work 24 hours a day, seven days a week on dunking a basketball. And guess what? It's not going to happen. Right. Okay. I'm not playing for the Celtics anytime soon. Right. So that's just the way. So the first thing is talent, right? So I look at the talent of the player. I look at the body type of the player, the length of the player, like a great example of somebody that uh, I'm part of the, the group that brought in Mike Jordan. Right. Like Mike Jordan's a great example. He's got length. He's got size. He's got power, right? Um, he's got the talent. He's got the, like, the foot speed. You watch him run out on a screen. We watched him the other day running out on a screen against the uh, Browns late in the season. I mean, it's just freakish, right? They're freaks, right? They're big, strong guys that can run. Right. There's lots of big, strong guys out there, but these guys can move that body. And that's the difference, right? So I look for that, that athletic ability, that foot speed, um, but the big thing, like I'll use Mike again, the big thing for me is after you find those attributes, so every, so now, now you just pull every lineman in the NFL. They all have those attributes. They can all do those things. 
Now, what separates them in my mind is their toughness, their want to. Hate being around anybody that doesn't want to win the Super Bowl, doesn't want to win the championship, doesn't want to win every game. You just can't live with that human being on your field. If you have one of them on the field up front, you got a problem. And, and we had that problem, and, and, and so that has to be fixed. And obviously, with Jonah Williams, with Mike Jordan, Trey Hopkins, uh, Alex Redman, Bobby Hart, Xavier Suofilo, I mean, you got some guys in here that are going to make a difference. Freddie Johnson, I really feel good about the unit that way. Um, I feel like these guys match the attributes that, that you're talking about. I feel like they have the, the skills. I feel like they have the, the toughness. You know, like you watch Mike late in the season last year, and we, we scored a touchdown against the Browns in the last game of the year. And he looked like a, a 15-year-old kid. You know, did you see, you know that clip I'm talking about when he yeah. just, he jumps up in the air with both feet up in the air, you know, um, so, and he, and he just fired up. And so that emotion to me is everything, right? A guy just loves playing the game. Now, I'm not saying that I like cheerleaders. I don't like cheerleaders, right? right? I like it when guys are quieter, but it's not that I care. I don't care. You can be whatever you, whatever your personality is, but at the same time, it's just great when you have guys that don't talk about it. They just do it, and they love doing it, and they're playing for the right reasons. And that's why we brought Xavier here. I mean, we studied the tape on Xavier, and, uh, and when you watch him play, you know, he's, he's not going to show the enthusiasm like that because he's an older player. At the same time, when you watch him play, the guy loves playing ball. And, uh, and, and he plays that way, and he's got the power – um, the other thing that I look for in a player is just size. Like in the NFL, like it's, it's hard to get away with being 290 pound offensive linemen in the NFL today. They get hurt. And uh, not all of them, but uh, you know, the ones that don't are an exception. Right. That's why I love the 310, the 310, 315, 320. Those guys don't get hurt as much. I know they can get hurt. I get it. But in general, they don't get hurt as much. The bigger bodies that don't get hurt. So you've, you've talked a little bit about uh, Xavier Suofilo. Let's, let's talk about a little bit more about uh, Jonah Williams, what, what, he, what he brings to the table. And, and Dan and I were both impressed with, man, this guy, you talk about a kid that's focused, that wants to be yeah. great, that's going to sacrifice everything to be great. His, his, his focus at practice, when he's standing on the sideline during the game, just watching the left tackle and watching the defensive end yeah. work against that left tackle, this, this kid mentally – you know, in preparation-wise, you know, A-plus. What, what else about Jonah Williams impresses you, Coach? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, like Jonah, he's been out in San Diego working out and all that, right? And uh, so it's like I talked to him on the phone. You know, and when I'm talking to him on the phone, I'm like, hey, Jonah, you know, there are nice restaurants and there's, you know, there's girls <laughs> out there. You might want, you know, you can go on a date if you want. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you know, you can go to an arcade and play video games, you know, maybe or something. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have – it doesn't have to be 24-7 football. It is a great compliment to him what I just said, though. He is so focused on, on, on being great at this game. And to me, it's that commitment, you know, like which would be the next piece to what you're looking for in a player. Just total commitment to, to being great. And, you know, and that's what he has. And that's just evident in everything that the kid does. You know, I'm not going to grease him too much because he hasn't played yet. 
but I can tell, you know, like there's a nervousness there in him about playing in his first game because now he's been hyped, right? So there's a lot to go, you know, there's some pressure that goes into that hype. Right. And I'm like, hey, Jonah, let me tell you something right now. That hype has nothing to do. I said, you need to, you need to play this game like, like you're playing your senior year in high school. I said, no one cared when you were a senior in high school. I said, and in the end, right, Jonah, if you can go into the season thinking that way, don't put any pressure on yourself. I said, let's just start with this. You will give up a sack. You will give up the pressure. Right. You will make a mistake, all right? And I said, and you just come to grips with that. Don't try and be perfect, you know. And he he's had the chance in, uh, to be around Joe Thomas a little bit. And I said, Joe Thomas, did, did Joe Thomas have a perfect career? Like, did he give up no sacks ever? No, come on, man. I said, you're going to make some mistakes. I said, so um, just you're going to have to grind through it. You're going to have to grind through it like every other human being in the world when they, still, when they get their first chance to play. And so uh, I'm excited about the kid. The kid's everything that you said he is. And, uh, and uh, we think he's going to help us win games. You know, I'm confident that he's going to be there for, uh, for Joe Morrow. Uh, a guy that you picked up, um, Fred Johnson, responded to you, responded to what you were looking for from a technique standpoint and how to yeah. play the game of football as an offensive lineman. What, what, did, what did you see in Fred Johnson, and how has he developed, and what do you expect out of him down the road? Okay, and so and, and you know this. Um, anybody that's ever been around any teams uh, knows this. I was a lieutenant in the Marine Corps, so I dealt with all different personalities, all different types when they came in. And the one thing I did love, as much as me and you just said, hey, this is what you look for. You know, do you want every single guy to be a, a cookie cutter? No. Right. You want them to have their own personalities, right? So, and then like a lot of times guys that are opposite, you know, they are guys that you just fall in love with. And Freddie's one of those guys. <laughs> Freddie, now when I say Freddie's opposite, I mean that as a compliment in this way. So Freddie, Freddie didn't grow up like just being in love with football. You know what I mean? Like Freddie right. had other things going on in his life. And uh, Freddie didn't play football until he was in high school. He never played ball until that time. And so, you know, then he ends up uh, playing a senior. But because of his size, you know, he, I don't think he had a great high school career. If you listen to him, he didn't. And so, you know, he ends up getting a couple of offers and then he gets a late offer by Florida, goes to Florida. And he wasn't even a standout, like, player at Florida. He was a good player. He was an undrafted free agent. But when you're around him, there's a reason why all those things happen. And Freddie's, uh, Freddie's a work in progress when it comes to uh, being ready to play. But as you can see, like, that work in progress, we put it to test. Uh, against the Dolphins last year, late in the season, he played 65 plays, and then he started against the Browns the last game of the year. And I told Benny, uh, Ben Martin, I said, listen, don't coach him at all. Don't coach him this last week going into the game. I don't want him to be uptight at all. Just let him play. Don't say a word to him about technique or anything. Huh. I said, because this guy has the talent to do a lot without anybody saying a word. He, can, he just naturally – Big, strong. I mean, he's a monster. I mean, you've been around him. <laughs> you know, like when you, when you walk into an NFL locker room, right, and, and you're just, uh, you know, and, and you, you don't play ball or anything, you, you're not in the NFL. You walk in, you're like, oh, my God, these guys are <laughs> monsters, right? And then Freddie takes that to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, Freddie, Freddie walks around the corner, and you're like, holy smokes. 
right? You know, this is stuff you see, you know, I can't say that, but this right. is stuff that, you know, it's, he's just freakish. So when you're around him, he, he, he now this is the thing about him, that he, he, he kind of plays you a little bit, okay? Because when you're around him, you don't, well, he kind of plays it like, hey, you know, uh, this is good stuff. I like doing it, you know, but I'm not in love with it maybe, you know what I mean? Like he kind of plays that role. Right. But then when you ask him a question, this kid is smart as a whip. I'm telling you, you ask him, like, I'll, inst I'll install things, then I'll just come back, and I might be talking to somebody else. I might be talking to Bobby Hart, and I'll say, Freddie, tell me, explain that to me. And he'll come back at you, and he'll explain it to you. He'll, he'll go rip right through it. Hmm. And so there's an intelligence there that is uh, excellent. And you can see, like, he played in the game against the Browns. <laughs> he did a good job in that game. And uh, he did a good job. He played well. He played well in both games. Did he make a couple mistakes? Yes. Okay. But uh, they all made mistakes. Uh, he looked good. And I'm very excited about where he's headed as well. You know, you, you just hit on something, Coach, the intelligence. You know, raw intelligence, then football IQ, football intelligence. You know, you talked about Freddie having it, Jonah. Um, Trey Hopkins is a Menza. I oh. mean, the guy, the guy's a Bobby Hart. I mean, they, Smart players like that give you a lot of confidence as a coach, don't they? 100%. Uh, so starting inside with Trey, extremely smart, right? I mean, just ridiculous smart, right? So um, it's almost like you don't want your boss to be around when you're coaching him because he's like a half step ahead of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like he knows. He just knows already, you know. So as soon as you say it to him in a game, you know, he's already there. So – you know, um, he's that way. Uh, Bobby Hart's brilliant, uh, brilliant. And so Bobby Hart knows, uh, he knows the game. And, and more than anybody, Bobby will study the player that he's playing against and, uh, and just figuring out ways for him to use his own skills and match his skills against the player he's playing. Very smart player as well. Uh, Mike Jordan, Jonah Williams, um, Alex Redmond. I mean, all of them. Uh, I give them all uh, great marks for intelligence when it comes to uh, understanding what we're trying to do and understanding the importance of figuring out what the guy against you is trying to do to you. You mentioned uh, the way uh, Fred Johnson, you know, you walk in the locker room, it's like, whoa. You know, another a kid that you drafted out of Kansas in the sixth round, Hakeem Adeniji. He's yep. a guy you want coming off the bus early. You know, when you look at Hakeem Adeniji, it's like, oh. Man, this guy, this guy's put together now. I mean, tell us about him. What, what's he like as a football player? I'll be honest with you. When, when I went to the combine, you know, you sit down and you talk to the players, you know, as they come by the table, right? So you sit there, you, you just grab any player you can, and you try and position yourself to get them. Um, you know, we didn't interview him upstairs, but I did get a chance to sit down and talk with him on two occasions there. And he immediately – stands out okay so I watched him on tape before I got there and I'll be honest with you I graded him as a second round pick I graded really? him as a second to third round pick wow. and I really liked him on tape so then you get to the I get to the uh senior bowl okay and when I get to the senior bowl I was supposed to have him on my team so I was fired up because I said okay good I'm really going to get a chance to evaluate him by the by the time I got to the senior bowl, uh, whatever happened there, they, they switched them to another team. And then, uh, and that was it. So I didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time with him. But as soon as I sat down with him the first time, 
He separates himself from everybody else. He's a Jonah Williams uh, type person when it comes to how much he loves football and how much he understands uh, commitment and, uh, and responsibility. And, you know, and, and so, like, like I, the main thing that I try and tell these kids, right, when they come out, when they get drafted, I said, this isn't a trophy. Like, when you get drafted in the first, second, third round or whatever, whatever you get drafted or if you get drafted, when you get drafted, it's not a trophy. It's, it's just the beginning. This is your birth into the game. This is your birth into the NFL. You're, you're at the beginning. You haven't done anything yet. Now it's right. time for you to uh, meet those expectations and to exceed those expectations if you have character. And he is so much that way. He got drafted way behind when he should have been drafted. I could not believe that nobody else picked him up. Like, we had other needs, so we weren't able to get him in the second, third, fourth round, okay? Because we had other needs, right? And you know how that goes in the draft. That's the way it is. Right. Okay? And so I understand that. When he's still sitting there in the sixth round, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, so uh, he is way – he's much higher than that, okay? Um, and he can play tackle or guard. Uh, he's an athlete. When you talk to him, he separates right away because he's not phony. Like, a lot of guys, when they go to the NFL, I'm not calling them all phonies either, but they do get scripted. And you can see when guys are scripted, they spend all this money on these agents and they tell them what to say. And I, as soon as I see a guy doing that, I'm like, this guy, right? right? right. So I just ask, it's not that hard, right? I just want to, I'm asking you a question. Tell me about your family, right? I mean, it's not a hard question. You know, I'm not asking you to tell me how to split an atom. Just tell me about your family, right? <laughs> and so just, I just want to hear some emotion. I want you to talk about your mom and your relationship with your mom and your family and what you went through growing up and, and a lot of these guys went through things, and I want to hear it. I want to feel some passion from you and know who you are. That's all. And this kid immediately, when you ask him a question, bam, he comes out with the answer. There is no hesitation. He's not, there's no script. And I love that about him. And then when you talk football, he almost gets insulted. Like if you said, listen, are you, are you going to be like, it's, you say you're the hardest working guy on your team. Are you really going to be that when you get there? Or I said, are you full of it? And he's like insulted. Like he, he's looking at you like, are you challenging me right now? Because I will tip this table over <laughs> and knock you out. Right? So, and I love that about the kid. Right? So, uh, you know, you can just tell just the way he talks about his parents and, 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 and his upbringing. And he is a A-plus when it comes to where we got him in the draft and who he is and what he's going to bring to the table. He is going to – compete and he is going to be able to play guard or tackle I'd rather have him out there playing tackle to be honest with you um and I think he can do that so I'm really excited about that uh I'm excited about him with uh, respect to the the coronavirus and the pandemic unprecedented challenges and yeah. you're talking about how smart your guys are in their raw intelligence football intelligence so I'm sure the virtual meetings have gone exceedingly well I mean they're going to they're going to be able to, to, you know, adjust to that. But not being able to get your hands on them on the field, them taking reps. I remember with me it was like, you know, when you're working with a guy, you want to see if he sets short, sets medium, sets deep, you know, get a feel for him. A physical repetition bred comfort level for me. Without that physical repetition with these guys, Coach, how challenging is it going to be? 
it's like uh, it's like anything, right? So we're all in the same boat, which is what's great, right? So it's not like somebody's got the edge over you uh, from another team that has more time with them, right? Um, but it's just as far as the development of a player. Obviously, uh, everything's been stunted a little bit because we didn't spend time with them, like you said. We did, you know. I, I don't think any team could have done a better job than uh, than Zach Taylor just did, as far as. Uh, how we set, how we set our meetings up, what we did with our meetings in terms of dealing with our players, the amount of time we spent with our players, uh, all the installation is in. So everything is done that way. So the mentality of everything that goes to playing in uh, playing in the game uh, is there. Like they know who to block. Um, Hakeem knows who to block. Okay, they know where to go. Freddie knows where to go. He knows the the, the terminology. Uh, we actually went through plays like we had Joe Burrow there and we had the whole offense going. We put a play up and they'd actually go through the calls and run the play on air. You know, obviously they're all sitting in their houses, but they're running the play with all the communication that goes with that play and the receiver, you know, they talk about their routes and what they, their depth of their route. And so everybody's talking about their position. So you do the best you can that way. And when it just comes to the development, you know, they do the, the players today, as you know, you know, like, Joan is sitting there working out with Joe Thomas. So that's going to help him tremendously. Um, and there's things that a veteran like Joe will bring to the table. You know, like when you're doing that, a guy like that can really help you um, as far as like being in the position that he's in right now. You know, so they all work out uh, at different places and uh, they all work out with guys, usually with line coaches that have been, been around and done it. So, I don't see the development being totally stunted. I see them coming in ready to go. And, uh, and then we just have to gauge right off the bat. I think the, the hardest thing for us is when you get them, you're going to want to cram in uh, spring, the springtime that you missed. You can't do that because right. the health of the player is number one. And so and my biggest thing with these players is, and it's my, like my, my first time coaching in the NFL with the Dolphins, it's just – the one thing that I saw is if you treat their body like a college team, you're going to lose because they're going to get hurt because it's not a college season. You got four preseason games, then you got 16 regular season games, and then if you get to the playoffs and so on. And so it's a lot more grinding on the body. And so you have to, you have to that body has to rest. You cannot just, you can't do a bazillion reps every day. And I've seen coaches in college do it, and I've seen coaches in the NFL do it, and it doesn't work. And so uh, I'm not worried about their development because every NFL team's in the same shoes. And, uh, and uh, I, I just – I look at our unit, you know, where do we need to focus? And obviously it's the Jonah Williams not having any experience. Um, other than that, I don't see an issue. We're going to just go as, as planned, and then when we get on the field, just start – and this is what I said to the players. I'm like, hey, this is like – it's like going back to high school. It's like you're playing a high school season, right? I mean, you're just showing up the ball in August. So, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm not worried about that. Final question, Coach, for me is is uh, when when you got a guy like Joe Burrow, who you've talked about, Joe Mixon, 1,000-yard rusher, A.J. Green, perennial 1,000-yard receiver when healthy, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, John Russell, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, this is quite a, quite a litany of, uh, of skilled players there. People are going to put the telescope, microscope, all the scopes on the offensive line. 
So, you know, there's some pressure that goes with that, but you, I know, respond to pressure. You feel like your group is going to step up and respond to the pressure of, uh, you know, of performing well for these guys to show what they can do. I'm not worried about that for one second. I think that, uh, you know, you just look at Trey Hopkins. Um, you know, we played our first game against the Browns last year. Uh, you know, we went down to the goal line and we got the ball down to like the two yard line down there. And we tried to, we had a run play call, but we ended up throwing the ball and we, we sputtered down there. We didn't score a touchdown. He came over to the sideline. He was pissed. Right. And, uh, and he let me know, it, right. He was pissed and I love it. Right. Because there's a competitive fire there. Right. You know, and his leadership, you know, he's, he's not a vocal, vocal guy, but he's not a quiet guy either. Like he, he'll say what he needs to say. And I love that about him. And so very smart, intelligent, uh, tough, uh, committed. And I think that, you know, when it comes to the expectations of the line, I think that just his temperament says it all, you know, uh, I don't think that they're going to, they're going to, uh, waver for one second as far as feeling pressure to do well. Yeah. They're going to, if things don't go well right off the bat, everything's not going to go perfect, all right? And as you know, and, uh, you know, I was looking at the stats of, uh, you know, Peyton Manning's first year in the league. I, I don't know. I think he won three games or something, whatever, right? right? right. And, and uh, you know, different, different quarterbacks and how it went down for them. And so I'm not saying we're going to win three games either, all right? But uh, okay. hopefully we, already, we went through all that, all right? But at the same time, I think we're going to play really well. I think uh, I think the Lions going to play really well. And as you know, you know, it really comes down to chemistry yep. and how well uh, how well the team gels and and a lot and how well the offense gels. And I think if you spend any time around Joe Burrow, which I, I've never met Joe Burrow, okay, so I've only met him. I've only seen him through the uh, through the Zoom meetings. Right. And but when you're around him, right? I mean, he has a presence already that is uh, incredible. Okay, and uh, it's more presence than I've ever been around in any football team ever. And and I'm not just spilling the air right now. I'm telling you, when you're in there, like Zach would give him the play, right? He never hesitated for one second. Like his memory, you can tell he's got a memory there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's good. And I mean, Zach lays out these formations and plays. I'm one of the coaches. I couldn't repeat it every word, right? And I'm like, God dang. Like, right when Zach says it, right, I have my thing on mute, and I'm like, God, dog. So how's he going to – he ain't going to get this right, you know. But he rips it off, and he says it with confidence. And then he uh, – like, when he's, when he's going through the count, the snap count, right, he actually did the snap count. You know, like, wide 80, wide 80. You know, he does that whole business, right? Yeah. But he's standing up. He's standing up like he's like he's at a game, and all of our players are looking at him. And I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, you know, where he doesn't care. He obviously doesn't care what anybody thinks, right? And and you could just tell this guy wants to win ball games, and uh, and and he's going to have a huge impact on the chemistry of our of our offense and our team. And uh, you could just see, you know, he he, he he's not. Like you say, pressure on the line, you know, uh, there's pressure on every player at every position, but 
you know, I think it's their job up front to take the pressure off of Joe. And because uh, Joe Burrow, you know, just his name being a first round pick and all that, it just uh, exudes pressure. And so, and I think the line has to do a great job at making him feel comfortable uh, that he can stand in the pocket and throw. And, uh, and I know these guys, our guys are going to step up to the challenge. I'm really confident about this line. I feel good. Jim, I am going to chime in with a couple of questions. Okay. Number one, what's your plan for Billy Price this year? I thought Billy did a really good job for us last year, considering the situation. And, you know, there's no way around uh, when you're talking about Billy and where he fits in this season. There's really no way around it, you know, when, when, when you talk about his situation last year. He went from being the starter, and then Trey ended up being the starter at center. And then Mike ended up being the starter at guard, and then this Mike got hurt, and, and we decided – not Mike didn't get hurt, but – uh, Mike got nicked, and then we decided to move Billy in there in front of Mike. And and I thought Billy did a great job. Like, Billy is a tough guy. Uh, for him to handle uh, the demotion last year and not be in the center, and then to come in and play as well as he did at guard uh, throughout the season, uh, I really thought he did a good job. Uh, so going forward, where does Billy fit in? So right now, right, he'd be the next guy on the field at center or guard. Um, you know, and, and he just brings a presence there and he brings a, a, a security there as far as having that sixth and that seventh player that can just, uh, you know, you, you, hit the, you hit the ground running when it comes to your feelings about how well this unit can do. Having said that, is Billy in the mix to be a starter? Always, always, right? So, um, you know, if Billy's in there with, uh, you know, he'll take reps with Mike at left guard. Um, he'll get some reps at right guard. He's also get some reps at center, of course. So he gives you a uh, he gives you some uh, stability inside. Um, Billy's a good player. Billy's going to help us win games. Final question for me: There are still some well-known veteran free agents out there. Have you studied those guys closely in case there's a financial fit, or in case something happens in training camp early in the season where you might need somebody else? Yeah. So. All of that comes directed to me uh, by the head coach. Um, have I looked at players? Yes. Uh, would I name them right now? No. Um, but, of course, you know, I, that's part of our job uh, is to keep those guys on the back burner and to have somebody in your mind that's ready uh, for you to sign, uh, like a John Jerry last year. Um, I love that signing last year. Uh, we really needed him. Uh, you know, he ended up playing a lot of football for us last year. Right. Um, and John was at the end of his career, uh, loved him to death, loved what he did for us. But at the same time, yes, there are other free agents that if you had an early injury, you know what I mean, or anything like that. So you got to be ready to, to go and, uh, and grab one of those guys if, if you're in a position to do that and if you need to do that. Right now, you know, uh, when we went into free agency and all that, I'm thinking, like with Freddie there, you know, you don't feel like you really need anything that way. With Hakeem as the draft pick, I'm really not worried about that. And then when you got uh, Xavier inside right now with Billy inside, and then of course Alex Redman and uh, and Mike Jordan, I just feel really good about you know about where we're at that way. And then we also have like Isaiah Prince, 
from Ohio State, right. who's a second-year player. Isaiah, you know, Isaiah brings a lot to the table. I'm very impressed with him. You know, I had had him slated as a possible draft pick two years ago. And then you got a, a O'Shea Dugas. O'Shea is a machine. I mean, you're talking about a ma another massive human being that can move, uh, that can play tackle or guard. I really feel good that we have some players that can step forward if, uh, if need be. I don't know if we need to go into free agency, but again, just like I said, you know, you're always prepared for that and, uh, and, uh, and we'll be prepared for that as well. Coach. You got me fired up. I'll give you a couple snaps. I'll give you a couple of goal line snaps. Don't make me run anywhere, but I'll, I'll give you a couple of goal line snaps and appreciate, uh, appreciate your carbon, the time that you did for us. And uh, can't thank you enough. Appreciate you, sir. All right. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate you and uh, look forward to the season. My thanks to Lap and Coach Turner, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Prime Sport the official fan travel and hospitality partner of the Cincinnati Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.